Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. So uh, I want to talk to you this morning about the kingdom of heaven. Now, now here's the thing about the kingdom of heaven. And um, we did some research and we found that most of the body of Christ, they don't understand that language, the kingdom of heaven. They kind of understand church, but they're like, wait, what? What are you talking about? And um, which is interesting because, hold on, I have numbers. Because the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God is mentioned 307 times in the Gospels. And church is mentioned twice. So, I mean, if I were, you know, a thinking person, I would be like, well, maybe Jesus really wants to communicate something to us about a kingdom. And maybe he died for the kingdom. So we should probably understand it, understand what it is, and then understand how to live place. Don't let me lose my voice. <laughs> All right, so I want to start because um, <clears throat> telling you Storehouse's mission statement. How many of you are in the marketplace? Raise your hand. Like every. Um, thank you. So, thanks. Um, so all of you who are going to build a business, you're going to have to have a mission statement and you have a mission statement so that you know where you're going at all times. Okay. Um, so here's Storehouse's mission statement. We exist to exalt Jesus and to partner with him in a great awakening through continual prayer, worship, and kingdom discipleship. Okay? So, um, thank you, honey. So, in other words, we want to train you to access heaven and transform the earth or access the kingdom of heaven because it's something that we get to partake in. So I want to start by showing you an org chart, an organizational chart. You know, God developed an organizational chart. Did you know that? He's a very smart builder. He is the master builder. And he had a mission statement, and his mission statement is in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He's talking about the gospel of the kingdom. To every creature, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. They will drink anything deadly, and it will by no means hurt them. Praise God for bacon. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. 
In other words, my people will be a supernatural, prophetic people. That's how you will know that they believe. That's how you will know that they partake in the kingdom of heaven because every time they do these things, the kingdom comes to the earth, okay? So when the, what is the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God? Again, uh, these, these words are interchangeable, kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God. Um, so he's emphasizing this and he's emphasizing it about bringing it. He keeps saying, bringing the kingdom of heaven, bringing the kingdom of heaven. And so somebody's job to bring the kingdom of heaven, right? So when he talked about it, he said, it's good news. And, and we, we, as a church, a lot of times, this is the way I used to think. I don't know if you think this way, but I used to think this way. I used to think that, that getting saved was the thing. And then I would read my Bible and I would pray and I would be good, but I knew that I was going to heaven when I died. But the minute that I get saved, the minute that you got saved, you entered into your eternal life because you entered into and now had access to heaven while it's not the fullness that you will when you go home to be with the Lord. It is a measure of the things that will come and you can tap into that now. So God set up his kingdom and it's a government. And the way that his government works, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all else will be given to you. And I think in a way, we have this poverty thing on us where we don't think that we're allowed to believe for all that we can hope and imagine or more than we can hope and imagine. It's like, well, I feel selfish if I ask God for what I desire. Now, I think we're all okay with asking him for rent or relational stuff. We feel okay, you know, but when it goes into the area of more than you can hope or imagine, it's like, you know, that's just the prosperity gospel. Or... I, you know, I just need to, I just need this. I don't want the things that I desire, but the word says that, that in this place, you're actually going to get the things that your heart desires. He cares about, think about you with your own kids. I mean, I want to, I want to make sure my kids have food. And I can tell you, I have my five grandkids over the past couple of days and those kids eat like, like they're getting paid for it. I'm like, and he, one of my grandsons said to me last night, he said, I thought you said you bought kid food. And I said, I did, you ate it all. <laughs> Every mother here gets it, you know. I mean, an hour after you get home from the grocery store, all your food has been consumed. You know, you're like, wow, I got to go back. Um, more than you can hope or imagine. 
But he's, he's that guy. When you have kids, you want to give them that bike that they want. Do they need it? No, they don't need it. But they want it. And you want them to have those things. How much more does your father who is in heaven want to give you these things? Okay? So when he says this uh, about seek first the kingdom, he's talking about it in the context of, of those that are worrying about how they're going to be provided for. And he said, look, don't even worry. Don't think about that kind of stuff because if you will seek the kingdom of heaven, all of these things are going to be given to you. Okay. So living out of the kingdom is this supernatural life. And you can tell who's living out of the kingdom because there's fruit, there's evidence of it, which is righteousness, peace, and joy. I mean, when the world is crumbling around you and you're crumbling with it, I can tell you, you're not living out of the kingdom. Because as the world falls apart, we're going to be the ones that are not falling apart. You're going to be like, what? I know, but I have peace, joy, and righteousness. All right, so um, Colossians 1, uh, verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Listen, the son of his love. I mean, we were singing this morning, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. The magnificence of this and the beauty of this man, Jesus. He is the king. He's the king of the universe. There is not one king in the earth. There is not one demon in the heavens that has any authority over this man, King Jesus. So I put up my first slide. So you have two things going on. You have two uh, kingdoms that are operating. You live in Satan's playground. You live in Babel. You live in Babylon. That's why everything's happening the way it's happening. Because the fullness of his kingdom the fullness of Satan's kingdom and those tares among the wheat are beginning to mature. Now, we live out of the kingdom of heaven and there's this little blue door there. See the little door? That was a veil. And when Jesus came, what he did is he opened that up for us. So now we can have access. We still live in the kingdom of darkness, but we are not of the kingdom of darkness, right? So go to the next slide. Okay, so you can see all of what you have available to you in the kingdom of heaven. Now, this is not a comprehensive list, but I threw some things up there that most of us struggle with. And so you can see what is in Babylon. That's fun. Toil, deception, fear, hardship, worry, sickness, idolatry, unbelief. Man, worry. I mean, if you're getting up in the middle of the night, and I'm talking to some of the men in here, usually women will go ahead and sleep through whatever. But the men get up in the middle of the night and they, you know, stuff is grinding on their hearts, you know? Work and, but, 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 there, we're not supposed to live like the Gentiles. 
We don't work like the Gentiles. We live a supernatural, abundant life, period, end of story. So now that that door is open, go to the next slide. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of, no, it's not out of order. All right. Pause on what I just said. All right. So the kingdom of heaven has a king and he is the king of heaven. And he's decided to rule by proxy with his church. Now, his church is not a building, right? We know that, right? It is the ecclesia. It is a ruling government, governing people. It is a ruling, governing people. Okay, they called it, he used, Jesus used this Greek word. And what it means, basically, he got it from uh, the Greek, And the Romans, what they would do is as they were conquering all of these other lands, all of these other nations, they had to make them Roman. So they would send the ecclesia in, led by apostles who were generals or the leaders, and and they would go to transform their culture and their people so they would look Roman. They would think like Romans. They would pay taxes like Romans. They would institute laws that were Roman. They would go to the cultural centers of education and entertainment. They didn't have media then, but they did communicate. And so all of those different cultural mountains had to become Roman so that the people could be integrated into the system of Rome. This is who we are supposed to be. We are governing with God. Next slide. All right. So here are some of the names. These are some of the positions that God says his people have. We don't talk a whole lot in church about this, about your identity in all of these different ways. But every single title or name that he gave us is a governing title. And so let's just go through them for a minute, okay? All right, sons and daughters, we have the confidence of the love of our father. Our dad is the king. We have now been adopted into royalty and not just royalty, but the king of the universe. So now we have access to everything that's in dad's refrigerator. Everything that is in his checking account. Every single thing that you need for every single need that you have is available. And you don't have to beg for it. Okay. This kind of setup, if you look at it, is what we call a theocracy. Do you know what a theocracy is? It, there's one that's being set up right now in Afghanistan. So they, the government and the religion have come together to rule the people, which is not going to go well for the people of Afghanistan because that is a, that is a heretical, demonic religion. Sorry, but it is. Um, a theocracy is a form of government in which a deity of some type 
is recognized as a supreme ruling authority, giving divine guidance to human intermediaries that manage the day-to-day affairs of government. So you, so the kingdom of heaven is a theocracy. So the sons and the daughters, the witnesses, the disciples, the priests and the kings, the ministers, the ambassadors, that's what you are called. Let's look at the second one. The witnesses, what do they do? What does a witness do? I saw something, I heard something, and I'm a witness, therefore I have to say something. So I'm a messenger, I have to testify of the things that I've seen. So he testifies in the earth about the truth of what has just transpired with themselves, with others, what happened out of the kingdom of heaven. Acts chapter 10, verse 42, and he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who is ordained by God to judge the living and the dead. And so we are created, we are created with a mouth, eyes and ears. We see, we hear, we testify. Next, number three, disciples. The uh, the word disciple means those who learn and who understand. And he said, go at therefore and make disciples. He didn't say Christians. He said, make disciples of all nations so that we will learn and we will understand the ways of the kingdom. And then we will go teach other, other people the ways of the kingdom. Do you know that, it, that in the First Testament church, they called the church the way? Because they lived a different way than the people of the earth, than the people of the culture of the day seeing and bearing incredible fruit. Number four, priests and kings. This position is the most accurate description of who we are because it's who Jesus was. He was both a priest and a king in the order of Melchizedek. Okay, that's a rabbit hole that I won't go down, but but Jesus operated in both of these roles. He is our high priest. He is our Lord of lords, and he is the king of kings, okay? All right. Oh, priests and kings, Revelation 5, verse 10. And I have, and God has made us priests and kings to our God, and we will reign on the earth. We will reign where? Okay. There's another version that says we will rule and reign on the earth. This is huge. Think about the power of this and what this means for us, but not just what this means for us, but think about what this means for this city. We are, number five, ministers. The one who executes and commands uh, the commands of another, a servant of a king. Second Corinthians 3, verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the latter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills but the Spirit gives life. We are ministers of the Spirit. We are ministers of the Word of God. Okay, number six, ambassadors, a diplomatic official of the high rank sent by the government to represent it on a temporary mission. Now, all six of these have one thing in common. 
They are all positions of authority. He thinks so much of you that he said, I am seated now in the right hand of the Father, and you are seated there with me in a place of authority. And he said to us that in this place, he's going to give us the keys of the kingdom. This is the place where we take dominion. You see, it's not just about what we do. Okay, next slide. Okay, keep going. All right. The church has really focused recently, thank goodness, on the fivefold ministry, the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. But we really need to be focused on the level above it. These six different positions that we hold before God of the authority, the governmental positions that we have been given by God and the offices that we operate in is the fivefold ministry. But we have to start seeing ourselves as ambassadors, as ministers that are flames of fire, as priests and kings who rule and reign with him, as disciples who make disciples of nations and how to, how to navigate heaven and earth, as, as witnesses that bear witness to the truth of what God is saying, not what social media is saying. And as sons and daughters who know that we're adopted and follow the spirit of the living God. That's when everything begins to change. But we've got to get out of our head that we are a once a week people on Sundays. But, but we are a seven day a week people 24 seven. I'm always a son. I'm always a witness. I'm always a disciple, priest and king every day, minister all day long, ambassador, ruling and reigning with God. Every place you go. All right. You're the place where everybody in your office or everybody at your job should be coming for help because they know that you're going to have the answer and the solution that they need for life. We have to want this. We've got to begin to adopt this into the truth of who we are. Because the mountains of government are waiting for us. I saw the mayor of Farmer's Branch the other day. He's engaged. Anyway, he's a young guy. I was thinking to myself, I think somebody in this church from Farmer's Branch needs to run for mayor. I mean, he still works. He still has a job, but he's also mayor. I mean, wouldn't it be great if somebody from Storehouse would run for mayor? Because he's on our, he's, he's only got, what, another 18 months left. So we need to start planning now. I mean, why not? Right? John Iger for mayor. Come on. The mountain of God. As we begin to take these places over, these mountains will be run with integrity and honesty and not by thieves and robbers and Satanists. 
You know, the kingdom of darkness, Babylon, has the same six offices or, or positions. Satan has sons and daughters. He has witnesses, disciples, priests. He has ministers. He has ambassadors. But those words that they speak and those actions that they do are subjugated to you. God changes the hearts and minds of men. But he doesn't do it through fairy dust. He does it through his sons and his daughters who are going to intercede, stand in the gap, declare and decree, take the light of heaven into every place that you go. Amen? All right, so where is the kingdom? Now, up there, okay, you're like, well, it's up there on that slide. No, and it's not up here, and it's not over here. It's actually here. So you take it everywhere you go. The kingdom of heaven is on the inside of you. And it's like, that's kind of weird. But it's true because Christ lives in you. If you've been born again, Jesus came to die, not to get you to heaven, but to get heaven into you. And you're a carrier of that everywhere that you go. So there was a conversation that was happening with Jesus and his disciples. Jesus asked the question of his disciples, um, who do you say that I am? And I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 16. And we'll start in verse 17. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Interesting question. Who do they say that I am? And they started saying, well, some say you're Elijah, some say you're a prophet, you know. And so they started throwing out all these things. And then Peter, love Peter. You know what? Out of all the disciples, I would probably be the one like Peter, you know, like jumping ahead and trying to be the first, but getting it wrong, but then turning around and trying to get it right. Um, anyway, so uh, let's start in verse 17. So he said, he's, all right, let's uh, first back up. So, uh, Peter says to Jesus, he answers the question and he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus is like, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my father who is in heaven, right? And he goes on to say this. And I also say to you that you are Peter. So, so because he got that right, Jesus is like, this is so incredible that I'm actually now going to change your name. Because of the revelation of this, I'm now going to change your name, all right? I will build my church. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell or Hades will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I always looked at that and I thought, oh, okay, it's because of the revelation of Jesus. He had the revelation of who Christ is, the knowledge of God. That's why he's given the keys. no. Guys, I had this incredible revelation. He said this. Look, it's what he said. Flesh and blood, the things of the earth, did not reveal this to you. But it was 
the kingdom of heaven that you accessed. Therefore, I call you the rock, Peter, the stone. And on this rock, I will build my ecclesia, my governmental people. They, on this rock of access, they will access the place of heaven and transform the earth. And this is what the gates of hell will not prevail against. Come on. As you learn this, as you begin to do this, as you begin to identify as an ambassador, as a witness, as a son and daughter, as you begin to identify, that's who I am. I am the church. I am the church of God. You don't need to be in this building to be the church of God. You can be in a house. You can be in a field. You know, you can be at Six Flags on a roller coaster screaming Jesus. (laughs) Help! (laughs) Don't let me die! So when we understand who we are and the power and authority and privilege that we have been called to live in, we see ourselves, our responsibility, and our future differently. So when we go out, he's saying to us, I want you to preach about the kingdom of heaven. Because what happens is once this door begins to open, look at what begins to fall down into the kingdom of this world. And as you begin to access the truth of heaven, all of these things disappear. You see, our, our job description isn't that much different than angels. Really. We ascend and descend. We ascend and we descend. You're like UPS. You're just delivering the truth to people. And you know how happy you are when UPS comes? I ha- I'm happy every day, right, honey? John's like, honey, I don't want, we're going to, you know, we need to really cut back and budget this month. And I'm like, okay. And then he comes home and he's like, where are all these boxes? Oh, I didn't leave the house. It's different when it's online, right, ladies? (laughs) I'm still budgeting. So we go up, we get the truth, and we come down and we prophesy. I'll get into that more Next week, we're going to talk a lot more about the how. Because the truth is, we're supposed to be people that get answered prayers. We're supposed to be the people that begin to declare, and those things happen. Not in five years, but we declare, and we see those things come to pass. Amen? All right, so this is what I think. I think there are people here that have never said yes I think there are people in this room that have said, well, I don't really know Jesus. I don't know Jesus like that. 
Getting saved is just your entry point, but getting saved into the kingdom and understanding this is good news. This is the best news. There is no better news than having access to the king of kings, to having access to his heart, having access to his ways. This is the easy yoke. And as we go on and as you begin to understand how to navigate this, I will teach you how to live in perfect health how to heal the sick, how to cast out demons, how to get money out of heaven. I know, right? But, it, but it's a thing. You will never, we should never, never, never be worried about money. Never. And so, not next week, because I'm going to be in a cowboy outfit but we're going uh, to heal the sick next week. So it's not just, hey, we're all going to come and have a, you know, a, a hoedown. We're actually going to come and heal the sick and we're going to prophesy and we're going we're gonna to have a great time doing all of that. And so, um, and your kids are going to be doing it with you. So, so that's the fun part because the kids are going to be in here and, and there's nothing like seeing a child lay hands on the sick and they get better and it just is a game changer for them. And that's why I love what we're doing in, with our children, um, in Cominius and what we're doing with our children in this ministry because they are learning how to live in the kingdom. They will never, never, never lose their faith because if we teach them how to live in the kingdom, they will not fall away. It's too much fun. It's too much fun. I'm having the time of my life. There's nothing like seeing God break in over people, people being set free. You're prophesying words of knowledge, people coming into the kingdom, people getting saved. I mean, there's nothing more exhilarating than it. Amen? So if you don't know Jesus today as your Lord and Savior, and you want to come into this kind of lifestyle, you want to come into the kingdom, today is your day. And I want to invite you to come up. We're going to have a whole group of people here, and they're going to pray for you, and they're going to, they're going to welcome you home into the family. So let's stand and pray. So, Father, I thank you for your kingdom. God, I thank you for all that you're doing in the earth right now, God. Even though you're shaking everything that can be shaken, God, I thank you that we are a people that will not be shaken and cannot be shaken. I thank you, Father, that you're setting us on a rock, a firm foundation. God, that as we step into these places, you are going to change our name. God, you have made us government. We are the government over this city, Dallas. Just as you spoke to your church in Philippi, in Corinth, in, um, in Rome. God, I pray that you would begin to speak to your people, your governmental people in the city of Dallas. God, would you give us words for this city that the, that the every high place that does not exist for Christ would come down. God, I pray that you would begin to give us everything we need from the kingdom of heaven to advance your kingdom on the earth and to take dominion in our families, in our finances, God, in our, in our workplaces and in our communities. And we love you and we bless you and we thank you. And everybody said, amen.